but essentially it's about love. It's essentially about how much I'm loving myself. I think that if my heart is completely open, if I was totally loving, totally awake to the truth of every moment of my life, that is the best medicine I can give my body. Because if I'm not fighting, if I'm not tangling, if I'm not in conflict, my body has a great break and a great rest to do all the healing that it wants. So if I take those drugs and I'm fighting and resisting it, I doubt whether for me they're going to do an awful lot of good. So the issue is about love and you know what you said this morning about the hopelessness at times. You know, I can't for a moment pretend to even begin to understand how difficult it must be. I know how difficult it is for me in the middle of the night when my body is wracked in pain, where I feel like I can't carry on. What's the purpose continuing? I just don't know. In the end, eventually, after all of that, I come to a place where it's just a question of love. It's like, am I going to be awake? Am I going to be gently, lovingly, tenderly, mercifully present with this? Or am I going to fight it to the end? And I fight it well, but eventually there's that surrender. And for me, I feel that that is the the greatest fruit of the meditation practice is that it gives whatever, the clarity, the spaciousness, the balance of mind, the blessing of mind, that no matter what the struggle, eventually I come down to the place where I realize again and again and again that the only thing in all of this that makes any sense is to be awake and loving now. More than that is impossible. And so whether or not I'm going to live another 48 years or whether I'm going to die next week, whether my puppy is going to see me to old age or not, it's like if I can just let go of those thoughts and, and take refuge in the present moment, you know, the whole reason, you know, why we do all these things here, you know, is just to know how precious and how sacred each moment is. That's what all this stuff's about, you know, nothing more. You know, it's just, what is it that's going to deliver us to this moment? It's what you were saying, Doreen, about, you know, waking up and, and in some unfathomable way, finding a kind of happiness in the fire that is not dependent on external circumstances. For me, that's the mystery and the essence and the possibility. And I don't think that there's a path, you know? I mean, if 10 years ago somebody had told me what the next 10 years were going to be like, I would have said, not on your life. I could never handle that. Impossible. And I have friends here who've been through a lot of my ups and downs over the years, almost, you know, dying a couple of times, you know. I mean, I'm a drama queen, and, you know, there's a part of me that loves to dramatize 
things, and I've nearly died a couple of times, you know. But it's like, thank God I didn't even have an inkling of that, because I would have been so scared that probably would have killed me. (laughs) (laughs) So, you're right, you know, we come here together, we evoke as we've done, we hear one another's stories, it's difficult. And so, you know, how is it that we can close our circle today, not dismissing what we've done, not diluting what we've done, at the same time, we don't want to go out there trailing blood, you know, I mean, we've got lives to go back to and we have to be functional. And it's possible that we could be stirred up by this. And, you know, when Karen, you know, is talking about the fear that she's living with at the present time, or has lived up to, you know, to this point. And boy, I've also worked a lot with fear over the years. In fact, working on this manuscript, you know, I have to sort of shut myself up because eventually I'm always seem to be talking about fear, you know. I mean, it just has been so much a part of my journey. And I certainly don't have the answers, but I sense that that there is an equation. Who was working with equations this morning? Yeah. It was like, there's an equation involving fear and love in the generalist of terms. That in a place of love, there is an absence of fear. It's almost as if the absence of fear is a place of love and awareness and presence and peace. And in fear, we are tangling, we are struggling, we are fighting, we are pushing. Fear, greed, all of that. And when that is not there, then that to me is the highest expression of love when we truly are present with one another. I feel that that is the essence of love. That's the intersection of love and awareness. And so, we're evoking fear here today, and I feel as difficult as that may be, and not in any way to diminish how how difficult it is, that we are evoking it for a very, very important purpose or we're living with it for a very important purpose. Because when we can befriend, and when we can accept fear, that fear is a part of being born human, that we can find our particular way, and I don't suggest for a moment that it's easy, because it's not, but it's the big journey, that in our endeavor to befriend and accept and be present with fear, then truly, our footfalls are very firmly direction towards the freedom and the happiness that we all yearn for. But we have to accept it. Whether it's in nightmares, whether it's in images that are terrifying, whether it's in thoughts that torment us, each one of those we have to befriend. We have to, maybe that's too strong. If we can befriend it, I feel like Anything is possible. I 
kind of had a sort of way that I would like to bring this day to a conclusion and it's something that I reflected on and would like to just use it a little to bring us to an end because it includes a lot of elements of our day and they feel very important and have everything to do with love. And I feel that it would be remiss if we didn't in some way embrace that in our closing. In our willingness to face the truth of our mortality, it is my experience, and I would like to speak personally, if I may, for the moment. It is my experience that blessedly, mercifully, and thankfully, we do unleash at the same time an alchemy of the heart that births all the peace, ease, and contentment that we always yearned for. The irony is manifest. What I feared most held the key to the birthright which had eluded me for so long. Coming face to face with death to the degree that has been possible in my own life and in, I believe, all of our lives, must birth us into the fullness of life, into a fullness of life, unfettered by the thirst for a security and a certainty that was an impossibility right from the very beginning. So finally, in the end, if we think about it, the joke seems to be on us. In collusion with our fear of death, we paint a nightmare in our own minds, and then we recoil from the brushstrokes of our handiwork. While all the time we're doing that, behind and beyond that illusion, ironically, is the promise of all the blessings that we have prayed for. I am so grateful to be able to say to you today that I know a degree of peace and ease and contentment and quiet joy that far exceeds my wildest dreams of what I ever thought might be possible for me with or without the experience of living with this disease. And I don't want to give the illusion that this is enduring and permanent. It is not. But there certainly are interludes of a kind of happiness that I've never known in my life before. And while my life or our lives might seem like the designated and identified tragedies in our world. Really, the big joke is that in the end, we're all in the same boat, no matter how secure we may feel in the bodies that we are populating right now. There are just some of us, perhaps, 
that feel the waves a little more distinctly than others. More than ever, death begins to feel to me like a short step from one garden to another, like a return to a love long, long forgotten. I'd like to just speak briefly about something that was actually printed in the last Inside magazine. It feels so important to to mention it. I wasn't going to speak about it, but after you spoke, I thought I would. In 1994, when my book was published, um, I was so unprepared for the impact of the publication that instead of having a book tour and all the other stuff associated with that book coming out, I ended up in hospital in Northampton and I almost died. And it was during that experience when my mind was really foggy and I was quite out of it that I woke up in the middle of one night and my mind was crystal clear. It was a world apart from the place I'd populated for days and days. And all around me was this deep, rich, velvet blackness that was holding me. It was so comforting. I felt so safe there. And directly ahead of me, extending way into the distance, was this bright white light shining towards me. It was like calling me. It was beckoning me to go forward. Now, I remember I was sitting cross-legged, of course, as I can't do anymore, but in whatever this was, I was cross-legged, and there was this, like, river of salmon apricot colored petals underneath me, extending way into the distance to the exact point where the light was coming back. And I was moving, gliding along the surface of this river towards that light. And the experience in that moment for me was one of absolutely coming home. I felt bathed, I felt saturated by that light. I was so happy. And the closer I got to that light, the more distinctly and the loudly it called me home. It was unquestionably the happiest experience of this lifetime. And then I remember my mind suddenly started getting busy. I was thinking, this is really cool, you know? (laughs) It's like, you know, I haven't suffered so much as a lot of my friends have suffered. I'm obviously dying. I mean, this is this tunnel that everybody speaks about. And, you know, and I remember thinking, oh, this, this is kind of great, you know. And, um, well, here we go. You know? <laughs> and, you know, I, I remember feeling quite complacent and self-satisfied. <laughs> and immediately when this whole thing, which happened like in a moment, When this thing started, it was like I did a right turn into the blackness and it's like I woke up in the hospital bed and there were all these nurses around me and life support equipment and clearly there'd been a crisis and they were just poised and ready with all sorts of machinery and stuff to to deal with me. And, um, you know, my fever broke and that was the beginning of, of illness. (laughs) 
the beginning of recovery. (laughs) Thank you. But my overwhelming memory of that whole experience was of the experience of that light. And I really wanted to bring this to the day. And particularly since that night, what increasingly defines my life these days is an unquestionable thirst to know the deepest and most unconditional love possible within the fire and the circumstances and the complexity of my life now. I believe perhaps not as definitely as the Buddha behind me, but I believe it is my birthright to know this love expressed both within myself and outside of myself, along with but not defined by the circumstances in which I live. These days the lens through which I experience my life largely, the lens through which I experience my life, is steadily shifting from darkness to light as I begin to remember the love that I long for God and that I perhaps knew during those moments in the hospital in 1994. I begin to suspect that who most fundamentally I am is a great love that I am blessedly beginning to remember, that has always been there, hidden, denied, swamped by the circumstances of my life, and certainly smothered by fear and confusion, but blessedly always ready to return to the light of day. Gone is what feels to me like the absurd notion that this love needs to be madly cultivated, it needs to be accumulated or found outside of myself. This love was simply always there. I forgot and now I begin to remember. And for me, the highest expression of love is awareness. To be fully present with oneself and with another and with the world in which we live, for me, is the highest expression of love that there is. And so for me, the practice of meditation is a practice of love. Unconscious love, I believe, is impossible. Unconscious love is impossible. To be awake is to love. And all that I, and if I might say you or we, all that happens is that we forget and then we remember again. And that is why in the meditation instructions I say 
that the heart of the practice is our willingness to begin again and again. There is no higher gesture of love. So it feels to me appropriate that we close our day if you are in agreement with a loving-kindness meditation. And for those of you that are unfamiliar with this practice, it is very simply a way of extending love to ourselves, of extending the love that is already there to ourselves. We get to remind ourselves together of the great hearts that we are. And this will be also the closing of our circle. So, if one further time join me in being with the breathing for a moment or two, being aware of the changing sensations of the breath. Holding, perhaps, for a moment, a sense of the preciousness of each breath. And the preciousness of our gathering here today. The blessing of one another. Keep breathing. And the blessing of feeling held and seen and heard, of feeling safe to whatever degree has been possible for you. Breathing together. And I will offer some brief phrases of loving-kindness, which I invite you to receive, allow them to echo and move within you in whatever way feels comfortable. May I be happy just the way I am. May I be happy just the way I am. May I be peaceful with what is happening now. May I be peaceful. 
May I love myself completely. Keep breathing. May I love myself completely. Buddha said if we looked all over the world, we'd not find anyone more deserving of our love and our kindness and our compassion than ourselves. Extending loving kindness towards ourselves, remembering the love that we are. May I be happy just the way I am. May I be peaceful with what is occurring in my life right now. And may I love myself completely without exception, without limit, without condition. May I be happy, peaceful, and filled with love and kindness and compassion. May I love myself completely. Keep breathing. bringing to mind the image or the sense of someone who already resides deep, deep down in your heart, extending love to this person also, or to a number of people. May you be happy just the way you are. And may you too be peaceful with what is happening in your life. And may you love yourself completely, as I do. Extending loving kindness to those we love. May you be happy, peaceful, filled with love and kindness, compassion. May you love yourself completely and be free from suffering. Rest now in a sense of our circle here today. 
for a moment, I invite you to go back and just remember the journey that we've made together today. Perhaps how it felt at the beginning and how it feels now. Allowing images of us to come to mind as we extend loving-kindness to one another. May we all be happy just the way we are. May we be peaceful with what is happening. May we all love ourselves completely, without exception, without condition, without limit. Filling this hall Filling the hearts of one another with love and with kindness. May we be happy, peaceful, filled with love, kindness, and compassion. May each of us be free of suffering. May we remember the love that we are. as we extend love to one another, extending love to those who joined our circle this morning, to those who we've thought of and remembered during the day, to all in our lives whom we know and love, who inspire us and have taught us. May you all May we all be happy and peaceful. May we be filled with love and kindness and compassion. May we be free of suffering and fear. May we love ourselves and one another completely. Keep breathing. If we looked all over the world, we'd not find anyone more deserving of our love than ourselves. And as we love ourselves, so do we extend it to those around us for we are never separate from one another. Broadening and opening the sense of heart, the capacity of heart to include all human beings everywhere. 
and then the creatures of the sky, the oceans, the land, all beings everywhere. May all beings be happy and peaceful. May all beings be filled with love and kindness and compassion. May all beings be free from suffering. May all beings be happy just the way they are. May we all love ourselves completely. Keep breathing. Resting in a sense of loving kindness if that is how you're feeling right now. And if there's no sense of love in this moment, that's fine. Being with the truth of what is occurring right now, here, together, is the highest act of love there is. Resting in a sense of loving kindness, if that is how you're feeling right now. And if there's no sense of love in this moment, that's fine. Being with the truth of what is occurring right now, here, together, is the highest act of love there is. Returning to the sense of us gathered here today, as we draw our circle to a close, knowing that we'll never join in quite the same way again, but that we're always connected, and that we're not alone. We just think that we are. May I be happy, just the way I am. May I be peaceful with what is happening in my life. And may I love myself completely. May I love myself completely. of the words of Nisargadatta, great Indian sage, as I offer in closing today. 
All you need is already inside of you. Only you must approach yourself with reverence and with love. Self-hatred and self-distrust are grievous errors. Your constant flight from pain and search for pleasure is a sign of love you bear for yourself. All I plead with you is this. Make love of yourself perfect. Deny yourself nothing. Give yourself infinity and eternity and discover that you do not need them. You are beyond. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.